Okay, welcome back to Cool Club's headquarters. We are here with Matt Powell. He is our, I'm going to say, he's a club builder, master club builder, but he is our front of house guy. He deals with the emergency builds, but also tour guys and our VIPs. Give us a, a little insight into your day-to-day -day role at the front, and then we'll dive a little deeper into some club building. Yeah, it's kind of the same as uh, being in the main build shop and back, but more one-on-one -on -one with uh, customers walking in, like you were saying. Uh, I'll see set builds from Mark, uh, Mark Thames, and um, going off of the build file versus people coming in. Uh, they have a broken shaft that needs needs a, a minor adjustment or something along those lines. But tour players, uh, they fall on the one lines as far as going off of the main build sheet or they come in. Let's test out these two shafts. We can put those in uh, two different driver heads just to see which one feels the best for them. Um, it, every build is just catered towards the individual for walk-ins. It, it's communication with them, figuring out what they want uh, versus a set file meeting certain parameters off of uh, that build. And it you kind of have to be a, a little bit of a fitter at the same time, working up front and those conversations with customers walking on off the street and almost, uh, especially with putters, uh, somebody wanting a, a lie adjustment. Instead of putting them in uh, our, our putting studio, I'll just kind of eyeball them, uh, get comfortable where, where your hands at address to see if we need to go a little flatter, a little upright, how far the putter is in their stance versus back, if we need to add or subtract aloft. It's, it's everything is kind of a judgment call on walk-ins and figuring out also budget for uh, customers, um, peering shafts and just kind of getting a, an idea where where they're at, how much they want to invest in their clubs. Um, yeah, and it, just a lot of communication with them. So let's, let's use an example. You get a, a tour pro coming in. Um, I mean, a lot of these guys have been with us for years and they have a specific, you know, our cool clubs, S3 files. Um, you can see previous builds that you've done for them. You can see the flexes that you've used, how much you've tipped, for instance, uh, the weight of the golf shaft, you know, lengths, layers of tape. Like we basically um, keep a catalog of all that information. So this guy comes in, he's like, hey, Matt, I want a replica set uh, of these irons. Just talk us about a little bit of a process of like, just for irons at this point, what do you do from point one? Like you can see the build, to talk us through your process. Like how do you get that from raw product to finished product? Working with a tour player and a perfect example like that, will first uh, go off of his old file and if he's changing completely different heads from like let's say Callaways for example to Titleist head weights could be thrown off a little so that could determine if he's using uh, let's say 120 gram shafts we went straight in on the Callaways let's say those heads were a little heavier and he's going to Titleist irons which are a little lighter we might want to soft step those uh, 120 uh, shafts okay. so we can duplicate that same frequency but that's uh, soft stepping essentially is let's go down that road because people you know oh straight okay. in soft step let's just give people the raw definition real quick straight in soft step hard step yeah St uh, seven iron uh, you you go to a manufacturer's website they have 
dedicated shaft. So a dedicated shaft is a seven iron shaft meant for a seven iron head in a set. And they have three iron shafts, four iron shafts for those particular heads. Some manufacturers will double up your nine iron and pitching wedge shafts that can be duplicated for either of those heads. Other manufacturers have a specific nine iron shaft and a specific pitching wedge shaft. So essentially straight in would be seven iron shaft for seven iron head. Yeah. Soft stepping would be a six iron shaft for a seven iron head. And the opposite, we can put an eight iron shaft and a seven iron head. So that it, makes the product stiffer than it's designed to be. Essentially, and uh, the opposite when soft stepping, it just makes uh, that shaft perform a little softer, um, really to dial in uh, frequency for that customer. So head weight for individual irons can make a huge impact on frequency when we're we're trying to dial that in. So your example is Callaway head weight is generally generally speaking heavier than Titleist. So then you say, okay, well, a heavier product on the end of a shaft, it's going to soften the shaft or at least soften how the shaft plays a little. And you might make the judgment call to get the same frequency as a previous build or the, what the player likes to feel. You're going to have to use a hard-stepped product. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll encounter that, uh, that often uh, with, with tour players because they, their hands and feel are a lot more sensitive than amateur golfers. And they can tell the difference uh, between... Uh, it, typically, soft stepping and hard stepping, on average, um, 0.5 CPMs, we consider that half a flex. So if we're... Soft five, five, five CPMs. 0.5 CPMs, let's say, is half a flex. So if uh, you have a stiff flex, let's say a 6.0, uh, extra stiff flex is 7.0. Um, in general relationship, that, that 0.5 half a flex, if you're soft stepping either direction or hard stepping, we're looking at 0.2 to 0.3 of a flex. Yeah. So close to about a quarter of a flex, you can influence it doing one or the other, hard stepping or soft stepping. And linking this to your, you know, I'll say average Joe, or people that are messing with golf clubs day to day, you know, they might have a set that they really love and they go to pull the shafts out and glue them into a new set of heads. You know, that issue could arise you know they all of a sudden the shafts the feel become stiffer or the feel might become softer depending on that that head weight so it's definitely something to and to look out for. and on top of that length too because hosel depths um, right. certain irons uh, the hosel could be longer or shorter so the insertion it, that that shaft's exactly. going into the so head pulling a, a set of shafts out of a set of callaways putting them into title list yeah, it could change frequency off of head weight too, uh, stiffer or softer, but that set could come out longer or shorter going in from one uh, one club to the other. Yeah, uh, completely different changes Complete, there. And then we can... Uh, and then can, lie angles are knock-on from length. You're going to have to adjust that. So you exactly. really do need an expert to kind of look at all those On things. top of that, we could even throw in hosel uh, uh, size. You talk um, parallel tips versus taper tips we might need to use shims or ream out hosels if we are putting parallel shafts into taper hosels okay and if we're working with graphite sometimes we can uh, not necessarily pencil down but file or like sand down the tip to where it's a nice smooth uh taper tip versus a parallel so now you've got you've you've got your concept. You've decided on what shaft um, flex, you know, what what dedicated iron you're going to use for this pro set. You know that the heads heads are, are a certain type. Where where do you go from here? And I'm pushing you here to go. Okay, I'm going to weigh X Y Z, and, and you give us your process. 
So once we establish um, shafts, everything, uh, we'll we'll talk about length. Um, if if they're currently happy with that length and how that can affect swing weight. And uh, all going back to heavier and lighter heads, we can uh, add tip weights to uh, the heads. If they're doing graphite, we're kind of limited on how heavy we can uh, make that uh, that head. Uh, if you're starting with a lighter head. Four, four gram tip weights, that's going to equate to two swing weight points. Um, and tour players are switching to graphite. Uh, you're seeing a lot more of that now with uh, the quality of graphite iron shafts. So if we're reshafting a set of clubs with steel, we can get up to 10 gram tip weights. So that could be an equivalent of five swing weight points plus or minus versus graphite at two swing weight points. So you're really confined. There's only so much it's, you can do with certain products. And, and some golfers, tour players, like uh, like their clubs really heavy. Um, most most of the time that is the case, heavier versus lighter. High, this, higher speed guys, they want to feel where the club is a little feel, more. They want to feel a lot more of that. So This is when you see lead tape flying around. and if, you know, Yeah, a lot of lead tape, which lead tape is actually really good because you're keeping the, the CG center of gravity as low as possible. And you can manipulate exactly where you want that weight. Put it on the toe for fade bias, heel for draw bias, and uh, lead Lead tape, uh, I think, is is wonderful. So a lot of people don't like the aesthetics, the looks of it on the back of the club, but um, it, it's probably the most beneficial uh, if you are going to weight your irons. And and uh, you can hot melt certain irons now that have got the toe ports in them. Exactly. But you can't be quite as specific as positioning uh, yeah. a piece of lead. And you can really dial in hot melting. Um, you can you can do it. Uh, it's it would be some, one of those things I would do before you start the build. Uh, hot melt the heads individually versus assemble the set and then... Just a nail that they've got seven grams or six grams increments. Exactly. So once you've got these products, you're going you're gonna to weigh all the golf shafts to make sure that they're within a gram tolerance or maybe even less? Yeah, absolutely. We'll weight sort the shafts. Uh, if we've got a set of, let's say, 120 gram shafts again... There could be a, a tolerance, even though that shaft says 120 on it. Some of them might be 118, some of them might be 121 grams. So if we're doing four through pitching wedge, after we weight sort lightest to heaviest, um, we're going to put the lightest shaft in the four iron and progressively get to the heaviest shaft in the pitching wedge. Well, just give us an idea, why would you do that? The, uh, the four iron... Um, that's going to be your lightest head in the, the set. Your pitching wedge is the heaviest, and you'll progressively see around seven grams in between your irons until you get to your wedges. That's closer to four to five grams. So the lighter shaft with a lighter head is going to essentially kind of equal the same CPM if you have the same weighted shafts throughout the set versus the heaviest shaft and the heaviest iron head and if we're trying to shoot for like a 6.0 frequency um, if we were to put one of the lighter ones on uh, the heavy heads that could bring that frequency down a little closer to maybe like 5.6 um, so you're there's it, a direct correlation between the weight of the shaft and it's and it's you know cpm it's frex it's but it's butt flex basically the heavier the product the the less bending you're going to receive yes so yeah it's it's one of those things we can kind of control it um if we're working with graphite and we are 
tipping shafts uh, to control frequency, we're removing mass. So we will see a descending uh, frequency. So your four iron could start going back to the 6.0 frequency. Uh, that's the number we're going to try and shoot for. We might start at around 6.3 and seeing we're removing mass by tipping all those graphite shafts. With the pitching wedge, it could end around maybe 5.5, five, um, which is something that you really uh, can't control unless you're going with uh, constant weight graphite shafts with a lot of manufacturers are making now where the shaft's already been tipped and you still have that 120-gram shaft all the way through four through pitch where if we're tipping uh, blank shafts, by the time we get to the pitching wedge, we could have removed maybe up to 7 to 10 grams depending on how much we've tipped it. Now that 120-gram shaft could be uh, 108 grams if it was a lighter one or something. So, so let's, let's just give the listener, you know, some people are going to be versed on this and not. A blank shaft or a parallel shaft, a .370 tip, generally speaking, might be a 41-inch length. Correct. And you'll have a set of seven irons for the pitching wedge, and every shaft is 41 inches, and you trim from the tip or the butt to, to get your length and your flex. Whereas a dedicated set, they come in at progressively declining lengths. So you might start with... 39 and a half, 38, uh, 39, 38 and a half, 38, and you end up with the same weight golf shaft all the way through your set, which I think as club builders, uh, we know that that is uh, probably a better better option for most people. To keep the frequency the same throughout the set. Ab- you, absolutely. You get and, your uh, weight of your shaft the same, you get your frequency the same. It's a really nice marriage, whereas we've always learned from graphite, original graphite, that you know, there was a trade-off. There was a, that balance point would change as the golf club would change. And we don't know if there's detrimental or not, but there is definitely a difference there from a four-iron product to a pitching wedge To a pitching wedge, yeah. And going back to the, the different length shafts, uh, that, that's kind of where the hard stepping, soft stepping would fall in. Uh, 38.5 shaft versus a 37-inch shaft could be in your pitching wedge. And some manufacturers, uh, they their pitching wedge shafts are only 35 inches. Makes it hard to make a longer exactly. pitching wedge product. So we'll we'll encounter that with uh, some shafts. Um, if somebody wants to build a set of clubs that are, let's say, an inch over um, our standard length, uh, if we're using that shorter length pitching wedge dedicated shaft uh, to achieve that one inch over length, we're going to have to double soft step that that whole set. So to achieve that certain frequency that that golfer's fit for, um, normally they could be a stiff flex shaft that is required for their swing speed. We might put an extra shift, extra stiff shaft and a double soft step for them. So it kind of balances out the, uh, the firmer shaft for the heavier head weights just to achieve length. So it's, it's actually, it's a plays like number you know the, the flex Absolutely. is an x that's, but it that's the best way like to put it it, it plays plays like it and i think that's what a lot of but you know again going back to your average golfer they come for a fitting and you know they might get something that's over length or under length and then they read the flex and they're like oh, man i'm totally not that flex on the manufacturer's website well a lot of these things are just based off standards yes whereas when you make these big manipulations that things do slide around and you might need a different flex to accommodate for that that issue yeah absolutely you nailed it with uh coming in for a fitting uh, don't get scared seeing a flex on a shaft for your particular swing speed what you think uh, head weight length are big factors in determining what 
what's going to be truly matched up for your swing speed. Yeah, that plays like flex again. Plays like flex, absolutely. Um, so, okay, we've picked the products. We know what shafts we're using. We've we've weighted the heads. Um, you go, you generally speaking, especially for a tour pro, you're going to go through an SST pure process. Correct. Give us a little lowdown on that. SST peering um, is basically finding the most consistent part of the shaft. So when you, you flex out the shaft, you don't want to see any oscillation. That shaft uh, from the, the top of your swing down through impact, it could have oscillation. It rotates around in a, a little circle. So the SST peering machine will run a series of tests, rotate the shaft until it finds the best horizontal, most consistent part of the shaft. Typically, people are familiar with the terminology like spining, finding that spine, uh, which is also the hardest part of the shaft. And once they found that spine for a right-handed or left-hand golfer, they would they would mark that shaft where the, the spine is and align it towards the golfer's target. So uh, with technology, the SST machine factors in that hardest consistent part of the shaft, which sometimes isn't the spine. Um, it's always finding its most consistent part that the, that technology it, it rotates the shaft 90 degrees for us builders to put a line on that shaft um, once it goes through that test that line will mark and it'll make it uh, easier for us to install we'll line uh, put that line up square to the face so you you'd have to see a kind of a demonstration with uh, the SST machine and process yeah. and we actually got um, a video on SST on okay. uh, on our and TikTok. That's so perfect. Uh, head, so head people can see the the machine and uh, and work and yeah. um, but definitely imagine uh, swinging a club and the, that shaft is rotating down into impact. You're going to get in, inconsistent marks on the face and out of robot testing. Shafts that are unpeered, you'll put face tape on a club. You will see that inconsistent inconsistency on uh, the face tape versus you peer out that same shaft that, that gets a lot tighter and a lot more consistent in the same part of the face with a peered shaft. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not going to go down a sales pitch road here, but we offer it as an option. You know, Absolutely. Tour, tour pros do it because it's their living. Um, but here's, the, here's what I would say, you know, for a tour pro doing it, and we, you know, you look at the list on the SST Pure website, there's some big, big names up there. These guys swing the golf club the best in the world. They make the most consistent actions, uh, unbelievable golfers, and they still have that done to their product. Absolutely. So if Why you take a chance of the, of the average golfer who doesn't make the best swing, if that can, that shaft, that product can perform a little more stable, a little more consistent. It just gives them a better chance of returning it. They haven't got the skill enough to manipulate the golf club to make it work. So yeah. I think, it, you know, the argument for the average golfer not needing SST Pure is kind of goes out the window. It's like, well, the average golfer actually needs the most consistent product because they don't make the most consistent swing. Absolutely. I heard there was a study done with uh, Tiger Woods that he was given 10 golf clubs and two of uh, two of the clubs were were peered. The other eight were not peered. Um, they wanted to see if he could find those two clubs that were peered versus the non-peered. And I was told he found those two. Uh, I still have yet to do the research to uh, yeah, follow we up should on do that. This, yeah. But uh, don't quote me on that 100%. I've heard that uh, from a couple uh, reputable uh, golfers in the business that, that he – and. It, that is something that you could believe Tiger could uh, figure out with his sensitivity in his hands and just 
being one of the greatest of all time, if not the. Well, let's keep that. Let's keep that so on the table <laughs> as like something we'll mess around with. Um, okay, so the shafts are pure. They're weighed out. You've got the three components together. You're going to weigh the grips as well to make sure that you can absolutely balance the the, the swing, the swing weight. weight. Yeah. Um, um, and then an assembly. I mean, once you that's all the hard work, right? Yeah. It, the the preparation in anything uh, makes makes the product uh, the best you can. If you you put in the time and the work, weigh out everything assembly is is going to be the easy part gluing up the shafts and uh, setting the ferrules can be difficult too um, if a customer wants a specific type of ferrule um, that that could be a, a story for uh, another conversation because yeah. uh, ferrules uh, there you have collared ferrules different sized ferrules uh, installing some ferrules can crack on you you can epoxy ferrules on uh, to shafts before even installation uh, i don't know if you want to go down that road quite yet but uh once once the the ferrules are uh put on then yes we'll uh we'll epoxy the the shafts onto the head wait uh wait for the the drying uh, process um once once the epoxy dries we work with um, a really good uh 810 acrylic epoxy uh, from 3m and it most most of the the tour vans they use it it will basically dry in about 10 minutes uh you can hit shots probably another 20 minutes and that that head's not going anywhere off that shaft so we can turn around a lot of clubs faster uh with uh that faster drying uh, epoxy and still knowing it can hold up uh with even some of the the fastest swing speed long drive golfers uh, will come in here and never had one of their heads come off their shaft so that, that's always a good sign there excellent um Great. I mean, and then obviously you get feedback from your, your your players to adjust. You might tinker with low angles because, you know, sometimes the linear scale doesn't fit perfect. You might need to make an adjustment on a club to make it right for them. Um, but, you know, that club building process is great. I think we should dig into, like you say, some good ideas. You talk about some ferrules and some issues. I know we've got hollow sizes that can um, affect that. We should talk about some grip grip weights next time maybe um leave we'll leave plenty in the tank but thank yes. you for for talking us through that piece yeah, no um, we'll get you back in a bunch and we'll just keep letting people know about how we build golf clubs and the attention we pay to that that detail yeah it's a, it's a fun process right. thanks matt we'll yeah. uh, we'll get thanks, you again Jack. Cheers, appreciate bye. it